Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Shawnee. Hello, Shawnee, and welcome to July. Welcome, Bridget. I had a very nice White People Independence Day. It was good. It was good. <laughs> Let me tell you, I had some drinks, watch, watch fireworks from my loft life window. I'm just saying. I know, in L.A. <laughs> And Jane, Jane, we have we have Jane on the line here. Jane, how was your holiday? How was my holiday? I was working, was getting yelled at, but it's all right. That's what America's all about, so I feel okay about it. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> capitalism. Yes. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Nothing says Fourth of July like fresh scooped ice cream. Like not having a holiday off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, nothing says America like not taking a holiday on a holiday. So (laughs) it all feels like it's uh, right. I was living the suburban dream at my new house and we haven't even moved in yet. And we already got invited to a neighborhood barbecue with the new people. And I was very excited about it Um, because I feel like we're going to have actual friends who live in our neighborhood (laughs) as opposed to at in L.A. where like Shawnee was my closest friend and she was... 30 to 45 minutes minutes away away. (laughs) and uh so i'm excited that there will be people like down i've been a lady across the street who has a four-year-old who just turned four and i was like and her and kira scootered for like 20 minutes while we chatted and i was like oh this is like a thing where people will live near where i live it's so exciting (laughs) but also on another note i wanted you guys to all know that i am facing a little bit of frustration because it turns out that everything in the furniture world is out of stock And it turns out if you have a whole empty house with no furniture, it's very hard to move in when you have no bed frames that are in stock, no dining room tables that are in stock, no couches (laughs) that are in stock. And I'm not just talking like, oh, I found my favorite one. I'm saying like, we went everywhere, Shadi. Even Ikea is out of stock. I was like, what the fuck is going on? So... Now we're just going to go to some garage sales and get some, like, I don't even care what it looks like. It, we just need to sit somewhere in our house <laughs> when we move in. So that's what my house will be filled with. Um, not like nice, like, oh, I spent a long time looking at flea markets and cool stuff and I got some cool used stuff. I'm talking about, like, I don't care. Like, whoever has a garage sale on Saturday and Sunday, look out because you're in luck because I need to buy some <laughs> oh, <shit>. Look out! <laughs> I got to buy some shit. I don't care what your dining room table looks like. I will take it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm sitting on all of Bridget's furniture yes. at my house. Yes. I'm li- sitting pretty, yeah, living are. the life. Yeah, you are. I see my, I see my little know, hanger thing behind you. You see, that's that is now my robe stand yes. for my collection of robes because yes. my robe collection is getting out of hand. Because like when I moved into this loft, I was like, I need a collection of robes. That's that's all that I want to wear in my home. <laughs> So it's getting a little bit absurd. And now now I will be a rogue lady. (laughs) Well, like, did you ever watch that movie, Auntie Mame? Yes. Like, I had an aunt who made me watch it over and over and over again. And so it's about this eccentric woman who takes, who her nephew comes to visit. And she's just so over the top. And I decided I would like to be Auntie Mame for my nieces and nephews. So when they come, I mean, I do everything over the top. I have snacks on snacks on snacks on snacks. I got outfits on outfits on, and they can do whatever they want within within parameters. I'm st- I'm still a brown mom, but like you know, <laughs> I my sister played That's my goal. played Mame in the musical Mame in high school. She was fabulous. Did you? Yes. I love, and now I love that movie. When I was a kid, I used to hate that she would make me watch it over and over. And now I'm like, no, this is my destiny. <laughs> I mean, I could see you in some... You already sent me what you want for your birthday. 
for your fabulous headscarf to go with your fabulous robes. Um, yes. But I have seen your robe collection, and it's a nice one. It's a nice collection. I feel like, it, and I don't feel bad about it. I sent this headscarf to Bridget, and I was like, if you want to buy me this for my birthday, you can. I, see, that's and what I, I like, like, though. Like, give me some fucking directions. I hate when people say things like, oh, I think headscarves are, like, really cute. Well, which kind? I mean, like, there's a million. The internet is just full of too many things. I can't. You just tell me which one you want, and I will happily put it in a cute bag for you, even if that's your thing. Or I'll just deliver it to your house Listen, via Amazon if that's your thing. Whatever. I, I love happy. it. Tell me what you want. Yeah. Send me an Amazon link for what you yeah. want. And you're doing me, you're doing us both a, a favor. Both a favor. Because I will get you the yeah. thing you want. And then I don't have to think about it and do the emotional labor of figuring out. I mean, I do like a spontaneous gift. You did give me those beautiful earrings. That was a spontaneous gift, which are still packed away. And I haven't worn them um, since I moved because they're in a box somewhere. But so I loved that. I love a spontaneous gift. But like if there's something specific I really wanted from you, then I would yeah. send it to you. And be like, this is the hat. It would probably be a hat because I like hats. This is the hat I need for my collection of hats, Johnny. <laughs> It's kind of weird, like, as an adult, and well, I promise, guys, we'll get to the book in a second. But, like, as a as an adult, I have, find it really hard to give gifts to other adults because nobody really in my life is struggling. They don't need anything, mm. right? So my brain usually goes to gifts that are needed, like practical gifts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what Like, what yeah. do I give somebody who has a job and can buy the things they want mm-hmm. for themselves? Like, no, there's for not sure. much I can do. So, so like, now I feel like... I, I, I watched um, some clips of the Kardashians giving gifts online because I'm like, what do rich people buy other rich people? They buy people? crazy like, what is, rich people things. That's you know, what they, they buy. And it was like, it was like Hermes yeah. China. And I was like, fuck that. What? They buy wolf. each other like cars, <laughs> even though they already have cars and stuff, which I'm like, well, I mean, what else are you going to buy? Got to do something. Yeah. Like, I'd be buying like, islands. Not? I'd be like, you got an island? You get an island. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, you get a new house, I'll pay the taxes, that's your present. You get a new house. Um, yeah. Anyways, we read some more fantasy this week, you guys, and we are still in our high fantasy kick. We read Master of Crows by Grace Draven, and we have a few things that we want to say before we get into the episode, aside from the randomness. One is which Shawnee is going to welcome our new patron, Hello. Hello, Nikki. Welcome, 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 welcome. Nikki C is our newest patron. Nikki C, you know what? I have decided today, I was talking um, to our newest intern, Sophia, who is coming on to help me edit. And I was talking about making like a patron sound, just like a rah, 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 when yes. we get a new patron. That's happening. Yay. So Nikki C, you've really inspired this. This is going to happen. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the rag hags. It gets nasty here. The water is warm because I peed Come in on it. In. <laughs> Speaking of peeing in water in pools, I was at the baby pool with my children and I was thinking to myself, like, there must be so much pee in here. You know, because like all the little babies, they're in swim diapers, which like kind of contains the pee, but really those are for poop. They're not really for pee. And, um... Or one of my kids isn't. The other one ran to the bathroom. So I know she didn't pee in the water because she said, Mom, I have to pee and then ran to the bathroom. And she would have told me if she peed because she's young enough. She wouldn't have tried to hide it because she doesn't know she's not supposed to. Um, The other one, I'm sure, was peeing in there the whole time. She's one. But I was thinking to myself, I said, I wonder how many parents pee in this pool because you can't leave your kids in the pool by themselves, obviously. And... 
like, what are you going to drag? What if you have two or three kids? What are you going to drag all of them to the bathroom with you? I bet you parents be in the pool. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. First of all, I peed in the pool so so much. Me too. Like up until I was like in college, like heads down. Yeah. Now as a, as an adult, I don't pee in the pool because I can't always guarantee if I gotta go number one or number two. You know. <laughs> so you gotta you really you gotta <laughs> now now you gotta get out. <laughs> I gotta get out. <laughs> I was. I mean, I was a. I was. A, I was. A, <laughs> <laughs> and you I, would think that she's the one I, who had two kids, not me. I can guarantee you if I'm peeing or pooing, Johnny. <laughs> I was a competitive swimmer, okay? And so, like, you're just not getting in and out all the time. But they freaked they freak us out as kids because they told us that if you pee in the pool, it would turn a it color. Was like a special dye, yeah, it and it was going to turn colors. It was a lie. So you... you it was a lie. Wait, I remember the first time someone told me that, and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But maybe if I pee really slowly, I can see... If it changes colors as it's coming out. Yeah, I did too. And then I was like, you guys are full of shit. Oh my God. And I, I watched this thing, like, I think it was like Verita, Veritasio or whatever that YouTube channel Veritasium. is. Where they talked they talked about how chlorine does not have the smell of chlorine until it interacts with urine no and body oils. No fucking way. Yeah, it's a whole thing. And I was just there like, oh. Well, body oils, that means like when people just get it in the pool. Yes, but also, but the stronger the smell is like the stronger the body oil and urine that is in the pool. So if you ever go to a pool and it has a strong stench of chlorine. There you go. You know what you're diving into. (laughs) Hilarious. All right. Well, thank you for being our new patron. Welcome to the family. If you guys want to be patrons, of course, you can go to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance. Remember, we are explicitly awesome. So you do have to type in the URL or click the link in our bio or on our website. Also, I want to get a huge shout out to Judge Sanchez, who left us a five-star review. Hello. Thank you. And they said, a playful and conversational podcast touching on the writing from creative process to running the business side as an indie author. And why thank you for listening to one of our authors at a glance interviews and for leaving us five stars. If you guys want to leave us five stars, we would greatly appreciate it. Helps us climb up all the ranks and you can find a link to do that in the description of the podcasting app of your choice or the website. It's all over. Yes. And if you DM us and tell us that you did, I will send you some stickers because I love sending stickers. Yes. And we have some fun ones. Shawnee keeps making new fun ones. So there's lots to choose from. I'm addicted to making these stickers. I love them. (laughs) All right. Well, are you guys ready to get this shit popping? Bridget, let's get it popping. Romance at a glance. Uh Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What'd you say now? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. All right, everyone, as I said, we're talking about Master of Crows by Grace Straven, book number one of the Master of Crows series of the fantasy romance. Shawnee, tell us about the audio. Uh, The audio was well enough. I generally, like, I didn't really like Jay Britton. He's the narrator. And it was honestly like the pacing of the way he talked and also that he kept going down at the end of every phrase. Mm. And which which a little bit tells me that a lot of those phrases were read as like one-offs. And not like a continuing sentence. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Because if you know you're going to continue the sentence, you will keep going up and fluctuating. But if you know you're ending, you'll keep going down. And that kept happening and it would drive me nuts. Mm. So it wasn't like he was like a terrible, like vocally terrible. It was just that the, like 
I don't know. The rhythm of the way he was talking was not my favorite. Mm, yeah. But it could be somebody else's. I would love to hear what Jane thinks because she also read the book, I think. But I feel like the book in general was like that. Like it felt very stilted to me. Like sometimes a new chapter would start and then I'd be like, well, what the fuck's going on? Then I'd go back to the end of the last chapter and be like, oh, okay. So we're just not talking about that anymore. We've moved on to a new section of what's happening. (laughs) So I general felt like the book was very sort of stilted and not like, it didn't feel very cohesive to me. Uh, What did you think, Jane? Um, so unfortunately I had to read this during my shifts at work. So I was reading it stilted as well. So I didn't know, I thought it was just me going back and forth between getting yelled at and reading romance, but apparently it was just in the book anyways. Um, I, you know, I didn't mind it too much to be honest. Uh, I, I got like the Gothic feel from it. So Mm -hmm. like kind of like in the older books where it's less about the emotions, more about like action, action, action. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't mind. I liked the setting so much and I felt so refreshed by the setting and by the fact that he was like kind of like live and lean as opposed mm-hmm. to like gigantic and jacked. Mm-hmm. I was just I was <laughs> feeling refreshed. So um positive from me. That is that is <laughs> I, true. He was definitely described. I did like that they were both described not as being super attractive which was nice because that was the, a- the apex of yeah. whatever <laughs> and so i got real like howl's moving castle vibes from both of them mm-hmm. like he he was like you know he's aloof and a bit of a uh like a not necessarily like a playboy but like he does his own thing he wasn't she didn't come in and he wasn't like oh yeah i must have her mm-hmm. like love at first sight goggles mm-hmm. you know and she came in thinking he's hot but he's out of my league and like <laughs> yeah. you know so i got and i got a spy on him so that's the extent of what this is going to look like so i liked the premise of the book going in i thought i thought it started off with a bang but i will agree with you in the fact that this book had a lot of typos like um, and I'm hearing it audibly. I'm hearing these typos audibly. So it was it, a little bit jarring where they would, it's like nobody, I don't know if this is in the book or not, but somebody in Goodreads complained about the amount of typos. So I'm assuming that what I was hearing were the typos where they would have the same phrase repeated over and over again. And that happened more than once oh, in I the book. I didn't notice that, but I will say that I my I, I feel like it's going to be this it's going to be a harsh review for me. I'm going to just say that in the beginning. <laughs> but also, I feel like it's a little unfair because this weekend I was like really not focused. So it was really hard for me to read cuz there's like so much other things that were going on this weekend with our new house and stuff and like decisions I was making about furniture and decisions I was making about like where my kids are going to go to and all this other bullshit. So I didn't get like to really sink into the story ever. I felt like I was reading in shorter spurts than I normally would. And also like the book didn't hook me at the beginning. So it was like hard for me to go back to it. And I probably honestly wouldn't have read the rest of this book if we weren't reading it for the podcast. But I don't remember there being repeats in the same. You're talking about like in in a row? In a row. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. I wonder if the. I wonder if the the rephrasing of the same thing back to back. Oh, okay. Like, that I saw. That I definitely saw. Where like there was a bunch of times where like the same sentiment was happening throughout the book, and I was like, okay, well, we've covered yeah. this. Let's move on from this. 
Yeah. Let me yeah, give, was, let me give people yeah. a quick synopsis and then we can get get into it in a little. So Martise is the main uh, female character, and she is a slave to a powerful council mage, and she's sent to spy on Salhara of Neath, who is the master of crows, a renowned, powerful, dangerous sorcerer who is not under the power of the council. And he has been visited by the god Corruption, who wants to use him as an avatar to re-enter the world. And Martise's uh, slaveholder is basically sends her to spy to see whether he is the avatar, because they don't want this god to re-enter the world. And then also just in general to spy on him, because he hates him and wants to find some reason for them to like execute him or something. Um, and they he lives in like a ramshackle sort of old manor and grows orange trees and has one servant who's his friend who's mute and signs. And then they have a mage dog who can smell people who have the gift. That's kind of the world. I I do agree. I think the world was interesting. I think the, I do think it was like very formulaic. Like I knew exactly what was going to happen once I started the book. Um, Oh yeah. And so like, I was a little bit upset by that because I was like, oh, maybe there'll be some twist. It had the classic thing, which uh, all of you know by now I hate, which is like, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm going to leave you in the dark about all this information, even though you're clearly brilliant and we could obviously reason out some sort of strategy and I'm going to send you away under the pretense that I'm saving you, even though you've literally said, I don't want you to send me away. I love you. I'm going to lie to you and tell you I don't love you and- I'm almost going to get killed till you come and save the day. That I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Because he was for a while sort of in the middle section, I guess, treating her as more of an equal as they were hunting for the, at least in the sort of intellectual part of the book, treating her as an equal, like while they're reading through the scrolls. And he was like, acknowledged that she read all the languages better. She was better at translating. She like, you know, has like a photographic memory, they said. And then it was very much like, oh no, I'm, I know, I know better. I know better for you. And I was like, oh, well, that's a bummer. <laughs> can I, sorry, can I ask you a question? Um, yes. Do you prefer dual perspectives of uh, like both of their POVs as opposed to just the heroine's point of view? Because I feel like in a book like this, where so much of it is based off of the exchange of information or the lack thereof, uh, and the fact that she's a spy and she's going to a mysterious place. And then all the mystery is kind of taken out of it because you're getting exactly what he thinks about everything that happens. And you know he already knows she's a spy from the beginning. So that takes out that mm-hmm. fun piece mm-hmm. of the puzzle. Well, that's that's kind of something that we've like talked about before on here, which I don't like the dual point of view because it does take away the suspense. I want to learn things with the character. And then like, if I know that he already knows something, I'm like, well, why would you do that? Like, Mm -hmm. well, you guys should just, you guys should just talk. Like, she's like, does he like me? And he's like, does she like me? I'm like, you guys should just talk. And then my brain goes to that kind of Mm -hmm. thing instead of me also not knowing Mm -hmm. if he likes her or not, or what's going on. So I think that authors do themselves a disservice by offering two points of view sometimes, because then you have to juggle way more information and expectations from your readers. Like, so that's, I, I mean, that's can, my, I think it can it. be done really well. If it, if there isn't a question of secrecy or something. So like Tessa Bailey does dual point of view so well because it like heightens the lust and the, the, like the desire each character feels for each other. It's not, it's her books aren't so much, or at least the ones I've read aren't so much about 
oh, like this one where like she thinks she's a spy. He already knows. Like, and then you're like, well, that's dumb. Like her books are more like you see like, oh, she's really wanting him. Then you switch to his point of view and he's like, oh, I'm really wanting her. And it goes back and forth. One of the things in terms of calling this a romance is like the ending tried to force the, or like the last quarter of the book tried to force the romance more. But like, I really feel like this book isn't very romantic because he doesn't like her at the beginning uh, at all, but also physically. And he says the only thing he finds like attractive about her is her voice, which is fine. Um, but then like the, like he doesn't start to like her until her magic comes out and then he feels her magic with his. And then he's like, Ooh, now I want to like get all up in that. And I'm like, Oh, that, well, that stinks. <laughs> That's not really a part of her personality. It's just like, an elemental. Well, I don't know. I that okay. like I I I, I don't know. I have a, like a com, com, like a conflicting for that, right? Yeah, so, tell me. Um. So one, this really was like Hal's moving castle, like down to the him like being the master of crows, which I, like Hal is a crow. I thought and, I had read this book before. Like I have read another book that had a very similar plot, where like she was sent as an apprentice. To which could have also colored my thing because I didn't like that book, but she was sent yeah. as an apprentice to this like dangerous sorcerer, and he's like, but he was trying to actually do evil things versus this character who was not, um, and then they end up like saving the world together or some yeah. nonsense. But I was like, did I read this or is this the same book? I was like, what's happening? The the story like okay so. So I enjoyed the story because I really actually love Howl's Moving Castle. It's one of my favorite, like, Miyazaki movies. And the thing about it is, like, they're such imperfect characters. Like, they have so much of their own um, insecurities mm-hmm. that they're bringing to the table that it that um, the love that they build is kind of sweet and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so in this, this book, actually, um, I wouldn't call it the most epic romance yeah. story of whatever, but at the end of it, I thought it was really sweet and and beautiful, especially at the at the very end where he's like, "You're free. I'm mm-hmm. giving you freedom. Mm-hmm. You can go wherever you want." Mm-hmm. She's like, "She's like, what if I stay here? Yeah. You know?" And he and she's like, "Like, you know, as what? Like a servant or you know whatever?" And he's like, "No, as like my lover, my companion, my beloved wife." You know? And yeah. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Um. So I, I felt like it ended with a nice sweetness. There was a whole lot in between that was weird for me but mm-hmm. um but i liked them together yeah it, it i you know um and like in the beginning of the book where he's not interested in her and they're not interested i like that a lot because i'm a sapiosexual person so attraction is not based physically for me i don't care what the outside package looks like mm-hmm. i have to know that my brain can connect with your brain so for them in this story to me it was a brain connection he people become beautiful to me my partner is extremely gorgeous to me because he is an int- like an intellectual person that i can have great conversations with and enjoy mm-hmm. it like does something to the chemistry of my brain and i'm like that he's brad pitt now mm-hmm. you know um and so for me, that's what they had. Their romance, with them going at it, like talking about the things and 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 navigating this, um, trying to find like um, a remedy for the god that's trying to take him over and all that. That connection between them was romantic to me. That was something that drives their connection. And every book we kind of complain about the characters having nothing in common, but these two had a brain connection to me in common. And I like that a lot about the story, that it wasn't based physically 
you know, like, oh, her lips are like the gorgeous blossoms of bloom. For sure. She's my destiny and my soulmate. For sure. You know, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, like he's I, like, no, we can talk philosophy, baby. Let's well, go and let's talk it in. The, I agree with that. Tell me. I just, <laughs> I, I, get, I agree. I don't disagree. I think I wish that she had slipped her servant leash more earlier, certainly. Because, like, later in the book, you get a little bit more of her personality. But, like, he doesn't get any of her personality. Like, we get it because we're inside her mind. But he doesn't get it because she's just being docile and looking at the floor and saying, yes, master. So, like, for me, like, I feel like I guess I read the connection. But, like, it wasn't really on the page in the sense that they weren't talking to each other about it until much later in the book. And... If that was the case, I wish that they had kissed or something before her magic came out because he really falls in love with her because of her magic, not because, you know what I mean? Like, or that, that certainly enhances it to a thousand percent. He's like, oh, she's interesting. And oh, I don't mind her being in my house. Um, But he's not like, he's not like super like down that train until he like almost kills her by absorbing her magic on accident. And then he's like about to mount her on the table. And then he's like, oh, I must not. There was also so much of him being like, I must not. I must not. I must not. And I was like, I'll accept one. She wants it. She needs it. She's asking for it, bro. Come on. I'll accept one, like, I must not. But I actually really hated it when he did that because uh, he also did it like a dick. Like, so he did kiss her before, before her magic situation. He did have that one little, like, instance with her. And then he was like, I must not. And I'm going to be a dick about it, you know, or whatever. And I didn't like that scenario. But I did think that the book did tell me that he was getting glimpses of his personality and that sparked his curiosity and he got all like, ooh, let's see what else is under there, you know? Like, so I did feel like he was investigating her in the process of her trying to investigate him. She's a terrible spy. Terrible spy. I mean, it was... (laughs) She didn't try to spy at all. She She never tried to break into his room. Her heart was... She never tried to... She had access to all his libraries. She never tried to find out a single thing about him. (laughs) Like, she really literally didn't spy at all. <laughs> her heart was like not in it. It's like me at a job interview. Every job interview, I don't want to be there. They're like, you should research this job before you go. No, I don't really want them to hire me. Mm. Like, it's... it's <laughs> and the fact that her soul was in the balance, I wanted a little more yeah. effort from her. Right? In that way. You know... Yeah, the oh yeah, the evil guy, the reason she's a slave is so she has this piece of her soul that's actually magically sort of ensorcelled into a necklace, which is what her slaveholder mage dude wears. And that's the reason why she can't actually betray him because he could just magically like y- you know, yank her back or kill her or control her via this little slice of her soul. So I agree with you, Jane. I feel like if I had a missing piece of my soul, like I would be fucking sneak it through that house at night. I would be trying to get in his room. Why doesn't he let me in the room? It's the only room I can't go in in the house. I got to get in that room. Like I would do mm-hmm. anything to get in that room to figure mm-hmm. out what was going on. And then I thought the thing about her, she has like this, this voice that multiple people describe as like being so hot. It could make someone come just from hearing it. And she can't sing at all though, which I thought was funny. And the, she's supposed to like sing to this messenger crow so it could come take a message back to her, her owner. And like, <laughs> she, she tries a few times, like a little bit, but I just feel like she really didn't put the effort in. She didn't try. Well, he kills the crow like right away. He like finds the crow and kills it. 
yeah, an accident, but like he kills it right away. Yeah. That like takes another yeah. thing out of it. So like, what's yeah. the point of the premise of this yeah. book? So it's not. <laughs> so what's happened? What you told me was going to happen didn't happen at all, and you yeah. lied to me. That's what yeah. happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was like yeah, I knew this- right away that like okay, he was the Avatar. Obviously, we knew that right mm-hmm. away, and then. You're like, once he said something about her being like a conduit, I was like, oh, obviously he's going to use her magic to defeat this god. Mm-hmm. And they said something like, oh, the other guy like ensorcelled or enslaved the person and they both died. And I was like, well, she's going to offer it freely. And that's the reason they're going to survive because like her magic's not going to be fighting him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all those things came to pass. I don't know. You told me you really liked one of her other books, and I would love to read that book because this book was written a while ago, and so I'm wondering if, like, it's a case of just, like, getting better and better as you write more. Well, I the book that I read of hers, I read it a while ago, and also it had, like, a dynamic that I hadn't read before, which was that they were two different species of, like, it was kind of like Strange Love where, mm-hmm. you know, he was a crustacean mm-hmm. and she was a human. This guy w- wasn't a crustacean, but it was he was definitely very different from her. So they had a very sweet love story and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's much different than this Master of Crows. Um, and I agree heavily with you. Like somewhere in the middle of the book, I... I don't I lost what what we were rooting for or where we were going mm-hmm. or you know and then like with the the amount of sometimes there was amount of description that I didn't need so much. and it and it and it dragged mm-hmm. and then I kept finding myself daydreaming out of the book which that's <laughs> never a good sign mm-hmm. when I'm daydreaming out of the book mm-hmm. um so like if the if the book had been edited like had a really good editor and tightened up and shortened and like there was some like there was some things I think could have saved this story for me. Yeah. And especially because I did like their little love story. I did like that he wasn't perfect and he was a bit of a, a douche nugget sometimes. <laughs> um but I but I actually enjoyed them as a couple because I felt like their imperfections kind of worked well together. Um I wasn't mad that she like she's been a servant her whole life. Yeah. So I wasn't mad that it, that it took her a little while to kind of break out of that, but I did like that it kept popping out and you know showing itself. Yeah. Um I feel like the real love story of this book is her friendship with Gurn. the other servant, Gurn. Hell yes. He's yeah. mute and signs and like right away they become besties and like Silhara comes down and keeps being like oh my god like he likes her more than he likes it. Like, or like they're so comfortable <laughs> together because they're like yeah. cooking and cleaning together and like working together. Yeah. She learns how to do sign language. Like, I I think the real hero of the story was their friendship <laughs> for me. <at> least. <laughs> I totally I totally agree, and I would like to read the love story between him and the, courtesan, the prostitute woman, Anya, the courtesan. Yeah. And but tell me how fucked up it is though that you hire a courtesan so, and then put. The her put the face of the girl you love on the courtesan yes. with magic, yes. and then tell her to shut the fuck up, yes. <laughs> so, you, so that you yes. can, so, so that he you has can Gurren go to the local town, and in his spike, Gurren, who I love, brings back the most expensive courtesan at the place, like two months worth of their food, and is like, if you're going to be an, basically, is like telling him, if you're going to be an asshole, like I'm going to make you pay for it, essentially. So he can't go through with it. And then he decides, oh, I'll just put her face on. So he magics this lady to look like Matisse or, or Martise or whatever her name is. And um, yeah, he still can't go through with it because obviously it's not the same person. And then he tells her to shut up like well, Shani Well, she said, talks. Because the she doesn't have the same voice and her voice is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. 
And the courtesan I thought was super, I liked her character because she was yeah. like, it, I, I will too. never be her even with this face. I will never be yeah. the one you want. And so then he brings her down to the servant's quarters and is like, well, I can't enjoy her. So you may as well. And he, the guy's naked because he thinks there's trouble. And he's like described as being like a giant. I actually thought he might be like a different race, like a actual giant race. Um, but yeah, it seems, that's what I kind of thought too. In my it mind. seems like he might just be literally a gigantic man. And she sees him and that, you know, he's well endowed and she's like, all right. And then uh, <laughs> the next morning they're all like horny and cuddling and feeling each other up at breakfast and stuff, which I thought was cute. I thought it was cute. I'm, I'm like, uh, do they get a romance? But yeah, I think, I think hiring, like that was another thing about this book that I was just like, that came pretty late in the book, I felt, in terms of page count for, like, not that late in her, like, maybe in terms of, like, no, but it was months. Like, she had been there a long time already, like, two months. And I was like, that just feels weird. Well, they had almost gotten and I know too, a lot and he of, rejected her. Yeah, he almost, yeah. like, he almost hooked up with her. Um, It's not like he saw her sitting in the room and he was like, nope you know what? Can't do it. Like he started kissing her. He started like getting felt up. Like he, they went pretty, pretty well into Hansville before also, he was like, mm, let me try magicing uh, you. Like, I still want to do this. Let me try Let me try one more thing. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if you guys got this cause you were reading and I was listening, mm-hmm. but there were some points where I wasn't a hundred percent sure if he was talking out loud or he was thinking something. So when he rejects her, he says something about like the um, the archbishop or whatever that guy's name, like doing a really good job and then like the person he picked. And to me, it sounded like he was saying that out loud, like he muttered that as he was leaving. Um, he did, and then like I think there was he did there was some there was so many moments where he talked about her being a spy out loud that I I'm and I was confused. I'm like. Is she hearing this? So does she know that he thinks that she's a spy or does she not know? Am I like, because of the way that it was written, there was no way to tell if he was actually speaking Mm -hmm. or just thinking that thing. Yeah. I I would say like in general, this book, I normally do just fine, obviously reading. And there were multiple times where I was like, wait, who's talking? What's happening in this page? Like what's happening in this chapter? And I was like, well, quick revision. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what we're talking about. So I would say it's not you. I would definitely say it was not. I feel like sometimes authors are trying not to just say like, he said, she said all the time, but like, I don't even notice a, he said, aside from it just attaches a character to something. Like, it doesn't bother yeah. me if someone just uses said, 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 said. I mean, it's nice when they add in thrilled or shouted or or some other description if that's necessary. But you can, if they're just having a conversation, you can just say, it. he said, she said, he said, she said. Because all that's telling me is who's talking. And it doesn't detract. Yeah. It's like me reading and. It's just a filler that keeps me on track. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes authors are trying not to use that stuff. And then they don't use enough of, of it to clue me in um i don't know i don't know if that was the case in this instance or if it's just like complicated just like complicated or something (laughs) on on paper on paper i feel like it's easier to do that because you switch lines and quotations and you can very clearly see it's a new person talking but like in audio that doesn't translate so then i don't know who the hell is talking or saying what at certain points and i'm like yeah especially if the narrator isn't good about like distinguishing or keeping that separate for you. Yeah. I thought that was a dick move, was, though. I was like, what the fuck? And I know a lot of you guys listening hate it when uh, an MC cheats, like, on the page. And I would say, like, 
I mean, depending on what you're, they weren't actually together yet. They had shared one kiss. So I mean, it's like, it depends on what your sort of um, definition of cheating is in a romance novel. But I think for a lot of you, this would not work for you because you'd be like, this bitch <laughs> hired a fucking I mean, he put prostitute. Her, he put the face on her. He put her face on the prostitute. That was, I was like, oh, that's. Yeah. I would, yeah. But it, but it, honestly, it was a cool like thing to use in a, in a story, but it's. So he did admit it the next day, which I gave him props for. Yeah, he did admit it, which I, I didn't. He admitted it to her face. He was like, I tried to sleep with her. I put your face on her, but it wasn't you. And I was like, OK, well, OK. <laughs> you admitted it. I accept. <laughs> I, accept. <laughs> I need groveling, but I accept. <laughs> How did you feel about the sex in this book, though? I th- I thought it was. I mean, technically, I guess it's on the page, but I did not think it was like very sexy. Like it didn't like put me in the mood or anything like that. I felt like it was just there. It it was like weirdly like rushed sometimes where it would be like, say something like, and then we kissed and his finger was inside me. Like it would be like three sentences in a row that were short sentences that like really moved the sex along. So you kind of missed that interplay of what I think makes the sex scene the best, which is hearing the characters talking or hearing them thinking about touching someone or about seeing them naked for the time or about how they smell or taste or the like little moments in the sex scene that make it come to life. And those weren't there for me. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I was like, these are not that like the words were there, but I was like, this is not that sexy to me. This Mm -hmm. is like, and then there was one point where they were about to bang and then it moved to the next day. Um, and I was like, there was not enough sex in this book for you to move this scene to the next day. Come on. This book is long like, as fuck. We could do with one more page. <laughs> we could do a I, I think the only, the only line I remember being sexy was they are like so ravenous the first time they have sex. She gets rug burns on her back and he rubs this like ointment on her. And then she's like, oh, I'm only sorry that like I can't be on my back for the rest of the night. And he was like, oh, if your if your former lover told you you had to be on your back, like he didn't know what he was doing. And he like pulls her up and starts fucking her that, from behind. And I was like, OK, well, I respect that. Like, that seems like, seems like <laughs> that was a good line. Too, that was a good line. But like for the most part, I was I was not. It was a lot of like. And 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 like in his mind, he was uh, so I'm going to skip to my favorite review because this is linking to what I'm talking about right now. So this is from Dino Just, the book Eating Dinosaur, and she rated it two stars. And she said, this is a toughie for me. I or a tough one, not a toughie. Sorry. <laughs> this is a tough one. I enjoyed the book as a whole. The writing style was flowery. The world building was well done. It was interesting enough to keep me turning the pages, but I could not stand Salhara, our leading man, who was nothing but a giant jerk. Look, I'm all for the asshole leading man. But Sahara, there was something inherently wrong about him. I dubbed him the king of backhanded compliments, <laughs> which I thought was really apt because even while they're fucking, in his mind, he's not even saying this out loud, but in his mind, he's like, she's not that beautiful, but like, she's not that beautiful, but her scent of soap and oranges are like, she's, oh, well, she's not much to look at, but, and I'm like, you don't have to keep saying that. Like, I don't. Like, I just feel like it's a weird thing to your point, Johnny, when you fall in love with someone, you know, like my husband, if someone looked at him on the street, there might be a ton of people who are like, wow, he's really cute. There might be a ton of people who are like, he's super ugly. There might be a ton of people in the middle. But for me, when I look at him, I don't just see the face. I see 
the personality, the way he treats me, the way he treats my children, like I see the history, like it's, it's all wrapped up in that. And so when I look at him, I, while we're fucking, I don't think like, wow, you could have a stronger jaw or something. I think, (laughs) I think I look in his eyes and I think, wow, I really love him. And I'm about to have, you know, sex and have an orgasm. This is lovely. Um, and, and for me, I was like, I would never think that in my mind while I was like, maybe if I was sitting across at the dining room table, I'd be like, oh, huh, weird. He needs a haircut or, oh, huh, weird. Like, you know, yeah. like clearly he got sunburned yesterday or something like that. But like, <laughs> I don't think that like while we're in the midst of hooking up, I'm thinking about the feelings and the sensations. Yeah. I don't know. I, for me, that was your weird. Ac- he just ac- kept on. Your acne scars. Yeah. He just kept yeah. on saying like mean things in his mind about her appearance, but only her face and basically and hair. And then he was like, oh, but she has a really nice boobs and waist. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what's happening? What's happening? You know what's Johnny? funny? <laughs> this reminds me of, okay, because I was spending way too much time on TikTok recently. <laughs> and there's this there's this girl who's like really big on TikTok who made this song called like uh, Build a Bitch. Like, you don't build a bitch, whatever. Anyway. Jane's nodding <laughs> along. Like, Jane knows. Jane's nodding. I see you, Jane. <laughs> wait, wait. It's like it. It. It's not build a bitch. Build you a can't like bitch. basically choose. Yeah. And then so this guy made a response that was called build a dude. Like you know. And he he was just like he he made this response video. He was like, guys, I just did this for fun. But it took off on TikTok because a lot of women responded to it, and they were like. Guys, the things guys think that we think about is attractive on them. Like, we're not thinking about that at all. Mm. Like, we're not seeing if he's super muscular and, like, if he can, you know, whatever. I I have one rule. Can he lift me? If I'm dropping off a cliff, Mm. can he lift me? (laughs) And that's all I want to know. One-handed, can you lift me if I'm falling off a cliff? One-handed? That's the the extent. Yeah, I'm like, what is he, fucking Sylvester Stallone? Get out of here. (laughs) That's Cliffhanger? Come on. Listen. If I because he might only have one hand. Let him have two at least. Yeah, let him have two. Jesus. (laughs) No, you gotta get that one hand. I'm I'm not I'm not small I'm gonna go, no, I'm I'm gonna I'll make text it. your partner later and be like, fuck, you better be doing one-handed deadlifts. Start working out. He can, he, can, he, can li- he can lift me no problem. Okay. This booty needs needs some strength, you know what I'm saying? So like that's the extent of like physically, like I've dated guys who are much smaller than me, like um lithe-wise, but they were not very they were not strong. And I would like in the process of having fun. I could injure them. That is not my idea of like. Well, the you most like fun. that primal so play. You want someone who can overpower you. Yeah, like I'm a. I like fighting. Yeah. So essentially, yes. Um, but like that's. I don't think of necessarily very specific things. Like his calves must look, must look like this, this. This must look like this. This must look like like that. And so it was this whole debate on TikTok about like the female gaze versus the male gaze, mm-hmm. and how and how the the way guys look at other guys is like gay as hell <laughs> yeah people are like we don't we don't think about that they're like well he has a big chest and whatever mm-hmm. and we're like we don't girls we That's don't necessarily think about that now i might look at a guy with those beautiful neck muscles and be like those are beautiful yeah. but that doesn't determine how, whether i'm gonna date him or not mm-hmm. or you know what i mean like or whether we're gonna do i mean something. flex a forearm like, at me i might take you home for the night but it doesn't mean <laughs> i'm gonna date you <laughs> <laughs> you know and it doesn't it doesn't mean that it's gonna it's gonna last no. you know what no, i mean no, no. and so that's the thing that like and so there was this whole debate about like women you know 
wanting more emotional intelligence and how much we rate everything. So physical, you might like physical, but that might be a two rating versus like emotional intelligence. It's like an eight or nine or 10, mm. you know, for, for me, that shit's a 10. I need to know that you could work some shit out in your own brain. Like, but I don't know. I found it very interesting. Uh, Cause this, the, the poor guy who made it, he was like, yo, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> like, like, I just thought it, I was making a funny parody. I didn't, He's like, I didn't know. Funny. <laughs> Well, it wasn't funny, Brad. It feels like a Brad thing to do, you know. Apologies to all the Brad. Definitely out Brad. There, definitely a Brad. Definitely Brad. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, let's uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about our ratings. Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope ass website. Thanks for the commish. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot your review, send it to us on Instagram, and we'll send you some stickers. Now, Bridge, let's get back to the ratings. Yes. All right, Shawnee. It has come to that time where we rate our fair people. What would you say is your heroine rating? Um, I gave my heroine a three because I mean, she was, I said, I liked her well enough. <laughs> like there were, she wasn't, um, over the top amazing to me. Mm-hmm. She was also wasn't underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like she very much was a person who was raised like a servant her whole life mm-hmm. and was trying to do a job that she was grossly unprepared or trained for mm-hmm. um, as a spy after she's been like a cleric. And I know just from experience that when you take someone out of like a, a regular job like that and try to put them into doing something that's crazier and out of their wheelhouse, they won't do that shit. Even if their life depended on it and they had to do it to save their soul, they won't do that shit. I've seen that in real life. Mm-hmm. So like, to me, it made perfect sense that she's like, oh, they sent me here as a spy. I'm just going to putz along and hope for the best. <laughs> and maybe I might come upon some information. Like it kind of, I, I believed it because I've seen it. <laughs> um, but I I did like that she did every so often hit him with like a, like a little quip, you know, um, and that she started to like come alive being there and stuff like that. Um, and then that she came to save him at the end when he sent her away. She was like, nah, dog, and came back mm-hmm. and like was like, yo, I'm going to help you. And she gave all her magic, you know, for him to to be able to defeat save this corruption her. person or whatever. And I'm like, cool. I don't like the metaphor of it, but I'm like, cool. Um, so, yeah, so I gave her a three. I liked her well enough. I gave her a three, too. I think she was fine. I think she wasn't anything to write home about. I didn't hate her. I think the fact that she was a terrible spy was balanced out by (laughs) her having some agency at the end where she tells Gurren, like, no, you only have the gaze on you to not go back home. You can come with me and save the day. And he's like, oh, let's do this. I'm going to steal a horse for you. Um, Again, I loved their really, I thought their friendship was great. I thought the way she treated him was wonderful. I thought the way she treated um, Sohara as her master even though she didn't really understand like her purpose or if he was evil or anything like that, like she still like treated him well and like did her best and she worked really hard all the time. And so I liked her, but I didn't love her. I thought she was okay. Yeah. Same. What did you think of our hero? I almost gave him a one, but I gave him a two. I didn't think he was the <laughs> worst worst, but I think he was 
not great. And for a couple of reasons. One, I don't like that he's like mentally always sort of putting her down and likes her like despite the fact that she's plain, which I think is just stupid. And also like he lost major points when he was like, I'm gonna go do this by myself and hide all this information from you, even though you're smarter than me, which we've already established numerous times. And I'm gonna go try and battle this demon by myself, even though I know it's gonna kill me and you can help. And I'm not giving you a choice. At the end, he does give her a choice and he let like sets her free. And and like obviously he wants to marry her and stuff. But like he lies straight to her face when she's like, Do you love me? He's like, nah. I don't love you. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. And she's like, what if I love you? He's like, it's not enough. Get out of here. And I was like, that's fucking double harsh, bro. So yeah, so he got a two for me. I, I okay. So I thought that. I hope you give him a four. I hope this is one where we, you usually rate all these people lower than me. So I hope you give him like a four. No, I gave him a two. Oh, okay. Damn <laughs> <But> it. <laughs> I gave him a <laughs> I gave him a two. I was between a two and a three, though. Um, and but the, the reason I gave him a two is because I thought he was gonna be a, like a like a much better lover. Um, <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> he thought he was gonna so, like, induct her into some kinky master of crow shit. Like what you got going on in the bedroom, yes, bro? This is this is called master of crows, right? And it just gives me that feeling to that he should be. Shit. I wanted. I wanted him to, like, get into her brain mm. because they had such a brain connection. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to, like, fuck up her brain mm-hmm. in the process mm-hmm. of their lovemaking type shit. That's the stuff. That's what I wanted to read on the page. And I didn't want to read this vanilla-ass bullshit, dog-style, missionary-like stuff. I wanted more. Well, and vanilla, I felt like... I mean, his- I think regular, you know, sex is fine, but I agree with you. Like, I would have loved but it wasn't like erotic to, to pushed me. her more verbally yes. into, like like into the darkness as it were. And yes. she's happy to I fall into a, the darkness with him. Yes. I called him a make corrupt me more. And I thought <laughs> that he should have let corruption such a good one, take Shawnee. over. Make corrupt me more. That might be your <laughs> best one so far on the podcast. That's so good. <laughs> he should have let corruption take over for a little bit and let corruption oh just my go God. to town with her and that would have been awesome that it could have been, been the... like mary in a rage when the beast takes over and then she fucks the beast yes yes, yes. be dagger be callback right doing it i'm, I'm just saying like that i just <laughs> i i expected more from him i didn't expect more from her because of her backstory right. coming in but i expected more from him and i thought he could have mind fucked that so good mm-hmm. so dropped the ball dropped the ball man mm-hmm. yeah so it went, and it wasn't. This book wasn't very nasty to no, me. No, no, it no. was. It was all right. He, she even said something like, "I'd let him take me in the hallway or against the chair or in the kitchen," and I was like, "Oh, okay, let's do it then. Let's do all these <laughs> things." Yeah. And then yeah, it didn't happen. Also, they never talked about birth control, and they're fucking. And I was like, I was, was like, the other wait, thing. was she on yes. some potion, and I mixed it because I was like, I don't remember her ever taking a drought or like. A potion no, she didn't. or having any discussion. No. And then I was like, oh, maybe she's going to get pregnant. Because then I was like, okay, maybe this book isn't going to go where I'm thinking it's going to go. I think she's going to get pregnant. And then the baby is going to, like, because she's pregnant and it's not just her, it's like the baby and another gift. So it's like three gifts instead of two fighting. The th- I was like, maybe that's going to be like, I don't know. I thought she for sure pregnant, she was though. getting pregnant 
Because they made a point of saying, like, he finished the yeah, entire... multiple like, times. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. I'm assuming there's a sequel to this book that he's probably going to be a part of. So I'm assuming that it might show up in the second book. But, like, I don't... Jane, will you look that up real quick? Who's the who's the characters of the second book? I generally don't... Li- like, so you know me. I am... Grade A comes like... Yeah. I love the use of come. Yeah. I love all of yeah. it. But like in, in, in books when they don't talk about any sort of birth control and, the, and that's just happening, it make it, no, it's not that there should be a baby. It makes me feel like there's going to be a baby and then right. I have it anticipating right. in the back of my brain. And I hate that anticipation. Right. Like I I just I ra- I rather know that she's just not on something or she is on right. something. But well, and I also like, like the, is it gonna like, because at, to your point, it's like if she's not on something then either she's gonna get pregnant, or at some point you're gonna talk about the fact that she didn't get pregnant. And it's but like it's you know like what I mean? Lingering... Like it's gonna come up, yeah. in one way or another, yeah. or it should. And also, but that's what fucks me up because so because he didn't talk to her about his plans, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was thinking about this earlier, and you just reminded me. So because he didn't talk to her about his plans, he lost his leverage. He could have bargained for her his like her life initially with the corruption thing about being the avatar and fighting corruption. He could have got her soul gem back and been like, I'll fight corruption, but I want her soul. And if they had have communicated from from the jump. And I was like, you missed like the perfect opportunity because there was no communication. Secondly, he sent her back after knowing he had all this unprotected sex with her and that she could be carrying her, his child. Like, and, and that he decided to die. But I don't even think that was con- a consideration though, because at no point in this entire book did anyone say the words baby. Mm-mm. I know. I mean, he that should was have been thinking, me. oh shit, she might be knocked up. And actually I thought the people who bought her were going to be his tribe. Like I thought it was going to be his aunt and then she was going to go to the tribe and it was going to, and then he was going to be there with the tribe. That's what I thought was going to happen. Oh, that would have been, that would have been better. That would have been better. But like, but like, yeah, like he, but he was going to kill himself without leaving any contingencies Mm -hmm. for her. Mm -hmm. If, if in case she was carrying his child mm-hmm. and whatever. And that's a dick move. And I feel like and, I should give him one star less. Yeah. And she's, now. and he said like uh, to Gurn, he was like, I want you to check in on her. But he didn't like, and I guess Gurn at that point knew she was a slave, but he didn't say like, yo, I need you to go steal this fucking gemstone and smash it on the ground or get someone else to let it go. Like, or like talk to your courtesan lady who's rich, like get her to buy her or something. Like he, he was just like going to leave her as a slave forever if he died. Yeah. That's what would have happened. Do you want to hear the synopsis of book two? Please. Yes. During a foray into the woods of Neath, Martise stumbles upon a ruined temple and reawakens not only a power she thought lost, but also something far more malevolent. An ancient darkness imprisoned in an eternal cage sees a chance at freedom in a woman once held in bondage. Desperate to save her, the Master of Crows will break the barriers of time and worlds to challenge an entity born of forgotten magic and the remnants of souls, a demon king who once led hordes of the damned across the face of the world. The Destroyer of God's Battle, a Destroyer of Men, blah, 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 Tale of Revelation and Redemption. (laughs) Okay, so it does continue with them as a couple. Yeah. Womp. But she's, I mean, still having unprotected sex with no exclamation, so... So there's gonna be a baby in a second book a or something. Like somebody needs to get, but like, somebody just needs to get on a drought. They have the whole cellar full of all these magical droughts. Like she could have just sipped a glass. <laughs> Dan, like it's one sentence, and we solved this entire problem. A little parsley tea. For <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if that. Yeah, like the, he has like an elixir for after she drinks too much, and it like makes her feel better instantly. And like he could yeah. easily have a no pregnancy elixir whipped up. 
I feel like in the second book, it's going to turn out that he was giving her some sort of magic situation. It was in the tea. Even if he, like... Gern did it in the tea every day. Yeah. like, But even if he used his own magic to stop it from happening when they were intimate, like, give me something. Yeah. Give me some information yeah. that, that that's... Also, like, happening. I have never met a woman in my whole life who had unprotected sex. And I've met many who've had them either because they wanted to have children because they're wanting that or... They just were drunk and stupid or they just didn't think about it or their boyfriend was like, the pull-out method's a method and then didn't pull out. And <clears throat> Shawnee. And then <laughs> I... And then, oh like, none of them have ever gone through a whole month and thought, like, nothing about the possibility of being pregnant. And not, and not freaked out. Yeah. Not freaked the fuck out for a whole either, month. Either freaking and- out because you don't want to be pregnant or just, like oh shit, I could be pregnant if you want to be. Like that, like, ooh, maybe I yeah. am. Like, it's one way or the other. But you're not just, like, not thinking about it. Well, it's it's weird because when I was younger, I would say yes. But recent, and I, I used to think to myself, is there going to be a point in time where I just, I'm not thinking about my fertility at, like, right. at, at, like on a daily basis, right? right? Um, and, like, in the last couple months, that's kind of hit where, like, my period sneaks up on me. I'm like, oh, it's, oh shit, okay. Like, or t- I'm like, the days are passing. I'm like, how many days has it been since the last period? I don't know. Like, it's like, I don't know if I'm getting scatterbrained. Or I mean, I don't think about it anymore, but my husband has a vasectomy. That's the only reason I don't think about it anymore. <laughs> if he didn't have a vasectomy, I'd still be constantly thinking about it. <laughs> the only thing I think about is like, I check my calendar for my ovulation days and I track, I track that pretty religiously. In my right. But like, but like, I generally don't know how many days have passed. So I think easily like two months could go by and I didn't have my period and be like, wait a minute. What the fuck? Yeah, they didn't describe her as having her period either <laughs> during the whole time she was there. They ne- But OK, that's my big gripe with romance novels a lot. None of them talk about having a period. Every, like every once in a while, I'll she has her courses or blah, blah like every once in a while. But most books ignore the fact that a girl has a period. They have sex all the time and never are they talking about period until it's missed. Until the period's missed, that's the first time that books ever talk about a person having their period. Yeah. They don't talk about the heroine being a little grumpy, you know, because... <laughs> snapping <laughs> snapping at him because he ate the last piece of cake. Motherfucker, you did exactly. what? Cry- crying because he ate your last pudding cup. Yeah, crying because he looked at you askance, hunched over with a wa- hot water bottle. They don't talk about none of that shit. But think about, like, how cute it could be to have a conversation about, like, a period and how you're going to interact with your partner about yeah. that in the building of a romance yeah. and a love. Like, I I think that, that those little micro things, in like you were talking about, when they go to the grocery store sure. together or things like that, sure. those are the cute things, I feel like, in books that build love that people leave out because they feel like inconsequential right. events. And to me, to me, they're not. Yeah. To me, they're really cute. Yeah, like, the first time your partner buys you, like, tampons or, like, goes out and is like, oh, you're not feeling good, let me go... Get you some whatever, whatever is your jam, I guess, when you have your period or like, oh, I need you need yeah. some Tylenol or my dollars or something. I'll go get it for you. Or, oh, hey, I brought you yeah. flowers because you're not feeling good. Whatever. Like that shit's great. <laughs> that's great. That's the reason they color coded pets. Yeah. I used to tell my dad all the time, dad, go get me the purple pants. The purple. The purple. <laughs> go get me the purple pants. I want the green ones. The green ones. Dark green. I don't know what color actually. <laughs> I don't know what color they are anymore. I just remember one time my husband was dating when he we were still dating. He was standing in the thing and he's like, "There's so many options." <laughs> and I was like, "I know, it's a lot of things to choose from." And he's like, "But which one do you choose?" <laughs> I was like, "Well, uh, it all depends on what's oh happening God. that oh day." 
I gotta tell you, Bridget. So I got a menstrual cup because Bridget raised yes. about her menstrual yes. cup. Yes, how'd it go? And I was like, fuck it. I have a, re- I have a really heavy period. And I was like, fuck it. You know what? Yeah. I'm tired of wearing these overnight pads, yeah. just those regular day pads. So I'm going to get this menstrual cup. Yeah. And so one, the first time you try to put a menstrual cup in, you don't know what the fuck you're it's doing. Tricky. You don't know how far that thing is supposed to go up. Twisting. Sideways. Yeah. Is it supposed to pop? Yeah. Is it supposed to make a sound? I had no idea, but I decided to use it the day I'm going to the beach, right? So <laughs> I so I, I did the full okay. thing. I shoved it up there, okay. which was difficult. Yes. Did you, I wanted to did put you some do coconut the twist? oil on it. The one, two, three twist, just to make sure you got a good seal. Mine didn't have one, two, three twist instructions. Okay. I didn't, I just, I just kind of crammed it in there like a frat boy, you know, like just like. <laughs> <laughs> Dying right now. <laughs> and it was painful. It was not the, it was not the business. Okay, and once it was in, trying to move it was extremely painful. I was like, they told me like, like put your finger in there and make sure the suction yeah. is yeah, like yeah. popped out. And I was, I did that, but maybe I have big fingers. I don't know, but it was not, it was not fun. I was like, this is terrible. Okay. It feels like you put uh, so it then, in wrong and then you should have taken it back out, rinsed it and tried again. Yeah, that's probably, but I didn't. I just was like, you know what? I go, I was like, I'm just going to wiggle, right? So, so afterwards, I just started dancing and wiggling my ass and hoping that the little thing popped open. Uh, and then I wore, I wore like a little pad. Did it with, pop open? Um, so uh, it did not pop open. So that little gap stayed. Did you take? And so the Shani, cup caught you have 90. To- okay. Keep going, and then I'm going to tell <laughs> the, you what is wrong with you. <laughs> it caught like 90% of the blood, okay. but then there was some that came into the pad okay. or whatever. So I realized I did it wrong. So I tried again the next okay. day, and I was like, okay, I'm going to nail it this day again. <laughs> Crap, boy, cram up there. Here we go. I tried to twist. I tried to twist it. It made like this sucking sound. Yeah. Like, that's good. You know, <laughs> or whatever. And I was like, that's probably it. Yeah. That's probably the section. So then I still wore a little pad for the day. This day, it was everywhere. It was like I hadn't put it in. I was like, is it in there? What's happening? Blood was everywhere. I pulled it out. It was full, but it never created that suction. So I don't know if it's the wrong size or if I'm not shoving it far enough in. I don't know what. But this menstrual cup adventure has been hilarious. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you some things, Shani. Yes, tell me. First of all, I th- Big sister me. I think, Big sister I think me, Bridge. you should masturbate first. Okay. Because you have a narrow channel, I think that'll help. It'll help relax, and then it'll help it go in easier. So then after you fold it in half, you should not be stuffing it up there like a frat boy. (laughs) You kind of, like, wiggle it in a little bit to get it past, like, the initial opening. And then Uh if you twist it a little bit, it'll – because you have to push it far enough so that it'll open. So if you don't push it far enough in, there's nowhere for it to actually open because you're still inside the pubic bone. So you have to push it far enough in. And then if you, once it opens, if you twist it like three times, just like a little bit, it'll, it'll help it adhere to the side. So it won't, it won't leak. Ah, But you have to, but you have to like, I mean, it sounds like you're not pushing it in far enough and that's why you're getting all the leaking because it's not really unfolding all the way. Got you. Well, it did do one thing for me that I was like, and it's the reason why I'm not giving up on it. So because I have like, um, such a heavy period in clots, my body dilates like in pregnancy every time I have to pass those clots. So that's mm-hmm. what my cramps are caused by is the dilation with the cup in it because it's oh. catching everything. My body is not dilating. So I had like cramp free days that nice. I've never had in my entire fucking life where I'm like not debilitatingly down on the crown. <laughs> that's great. 
or whatever. So I was like, oh shit, I'm going to do this again. Even if it doesn't work, I'm going to shove it up there anyway because I don't want these credits. Well, it, should, it should work. It should work. You, because you, I assume you got the like, I didn't have children yet size. Um, yeah. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, yet. well, that's how they do it. It's like, have you had children or not had children? Well, the, they only have one. It's a flex cup and it's only full size or teen. Oh. Maybe I should have got the teen. You could try the teen. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Well, the kind Naya had had two sizes and it was, well, it, maybe it's full size. Well, d- yeah, I don't know. Because mine was mine was pre getting, pre- having a, I don't even know if it was having the kid or just being pregnant. I think it was having the kid. And it was whether you had a C-section or not didn't matter. And then you would go to the next size. Uh, I guess. So I don't know. Kind so of I, had you three could- sizes. So this is. Oh, so well, they yeah, have. I, it probably depends on what brand you get, I guess. Um, also, like I've had mine for like four years now, so it's possible that they have had more more sizes enter the market since I purchased mine the last time. Or three, I guess I've had. How old's Kira? Three and a half. I've had it three and a half years. I bought it right after Kira's born. <laughs> but anyways, it should not hurt. It also shouldn't leak. But if you don't empty it regularly, like if you're on a heavy flow day, then it will leak because it'll overflow. So you have to gotcha. empty it. I always laugh because like when you throw away a tampon or something, you like wrap it in some toilet paper, throw it in the garbage. You don't really see it. But like when you have your diva cup, it's like sometimes it's just like, I'll be like, I'll, I'll bleed it. I'm like, honey, I'm bleeding. It's a mess. Well, the first day occurred in here. That's the first day I emptied it. Like it was, I was in the shower because I oh, come yeah. from the beach like, and I, it, it had already started leaking. So I was like, Oh my God. So I just got in the shower and honestly it was, it didn't splash on the walls. I pulled it out perfectly. I had it in my hand. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Of course I'm looking in it. I'm pulling stuff out. I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is great. What is this? It's my essence. Right. And then I decided, oh, well now I'm done. Now that I'm done playing with it. Guys, Jane's face right now. She's so grossed out. (laughs) Well, Jane, I had a fire. I don't. Jane, I want you to know I didn't play with, I don't play with it. I just, I, I don't want you to know that that's only Shawnee. I, I just pour it and then I, I flush the toilet or rinse the shower. Let me give you context, Jane. I'll give you context. I had a big <laughs> yeah, fibroid, a health issue where, where I had, it, where I had to <laughs> check Shani's what was happening down there on a regular <laughs> basis. So for me, this is super normal. I'm just All like, right. whoa, what's happening? Oh so then I was like, okay, well, I'm done playing in it. I'll just pour it in the drain. <laughs> And I thought it was going to fl- like lovely free floor down and it didn't. It went like splat yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, dear God. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I meant by going on the walls because you got to pour it real close to the drain. Don't pour it from up high. That's a rookie move. Yeah, I made that mistake. mistake once and I was like, got to wash the shower walls off. <laughs> it's a crime scene. <laughs> That's exactly. It looks like a motherfucking yeah. crime scene. <laughs> Every month, you know what my husband says to me? He says, He's like, I just don't get how you can lose so much blood every month. Like, doesn't it make you like tired? And I was like, yeah, it does. I should probably have more vitamins <laughs> and meat, red meat during those times because it does make me tired. <laughs> it is a lot of effort my body is constantly going into to be fertile. <laughs> For no damn reason. Man. <laughs> For no fucking reason anymore. Right, I'm all that. Anyway. All finished. One of the moms I met in Naperville, by the way, said to me, she goes, uh-oh, like, 
there's a pregnant lady. She's like, be careful. The pregnancies are catching here out in the suburbs. And I was like, oh, my husband has a vasectomy. She's like, oh, me too. Okay. Thank heavens. And I was like, <laughs> do we just become best friends? Because we're not going to have any more kids anymore. Like, is that how this works? It's so great. It's so funny. I think that is how it works. Because I feel like moms in there, like having kids years like to hang with other moms who are having their kids years. They swap clothes. Mm-hmm. They're real close. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, are you planning a pregnancy? Okay, I'll plan mine six months after yours yeah. so we can, like, swap and prepare notes. And then when you're done, like, you don't want to be around any more little kids. Like, I feel like that's the thing. Like, once yours get bigger, you start wanting to age up your kids. And you don't necessarily want to hang out with ne- the mom who has I, a brand you know new what? baby. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't mind that. I don't, I just don't want to have any more of my own. I don't mind hanging. Look, I would be happy to make a best friend who has a baby. I'd be fine with that. Yes, I just. You, you, Bridget, you would. But when I worked for these families, I'll hold, they, I'll hold I that baby. That did, and then I'll happily give that baby right back. It's not my baby. <laughs> I don't have to deal with that thing overnight. I go home to my older children. <laughs> Oh my god! All right, what was your favorite line in this book, Johnny? I I like this one line where he says, um, "Okay, so he, this is when he stabbed." So there's a guy that was Martisa's former like oh, flame. This was my favorite line too, you bitch. But you go, you can say it. <laughs> and he was he was talking he was talking shit uh, about her at a table, mm-hmm. and he he mentioned her voice. So. Um, What's his name? Sahara. He knew like w- that they were talking about her. Mm-hmm. He also saw her face as she was overhearing it. Um, and then at the end, she asked him like, hey, how did you know they were talking about me? And he was like, men are not prone to wax poetically over a woman's voice when they can talk about her breasts instead. And I was like, that's a funny ass line. Oh, I liked it. I thought that there was a lot of my funny, favorite. funny lines. So mine book. wasn't actually something someone said. Mine was from that scene though. And it said, he cupped the apple in his hand. Paring it into slices, he placed it on the table. He cleaned the knife on his trousers, turned, and quick as a striking snar- striking serpent, buried the lethal tip in the back of her ex-lover's hand where it rested on the table. <laughs> so he's just like, he doesn't like say like, how dare you talk about her? He just like stabs this motherfucker in the hand, pulls his knife out, and then he's like, oh, whoops, didn't see you there. And then the guy's like, I'm going to challenge you. And all the people around are like, don't do it. It's the master of crows. And he's like, oh, you need your magic? And he's like, no, I'll happily kick your ass for free. And so he like whoops the guy's ass and he's about to kill him. And she's like, don't do it. And and um, so instead he brands the guy on the face and scars his beautiful face so that his outsides match his insides. And I was like. That's my kind of vengeance right there. I don't like in the movies where they're like, one of the characters is like, please don't. And they're like, oh, I'll abandon all this. Like, I like when they're like, all right, I won't kill him, but I'm going to scar him for life. (laughs) Vengeance is mine. (laughs) I won't kill him, but I will exile him for the rest of his life and make his life miserable. Because just because you say don't, I'll save his, I'll keep him alive, but that's as far as I will go. Let me tell you right now, I would not be the one going, oh, no. No, I'd be like, get that motherfucker. <laughs> do you hear like, how he talks do about it in me? A way. Fuck that fool. <laughs> do it in a way that doesn't get us caught. <laughs> like, that's more- Nobody's going to challenge him anyways. He's a master of crows. Do what he wants. You know, not him. Not yeah. him, for sure. What was, your, what was your favorite review? I already said mine. So my favorite review was from Deborah Johnson. I actually couldn't find a good review that, like, nailed what I was talking about, mm-hmm. but... This one said, there are a couple of editing errors, but my biggest problem was the overly descriptive paragraphs of scenery. They were numerous. It slowed down the flow of the book so much, I actually considered not finishing the book. It drove me nuts. Um, All in all, once you get close to the 30% mark, it becomes a pretty good story. And 
I would say that this is pretty accurate. I forgot that the first chapter of the book made me want to quit reading. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really hard for me to get through, like, chapter mm-hmm. one. Um, and I kept having to rewind it over and over. And then it wasn't until they really started working together that I became, like, interested in what was happening with the book. Uh, because I don't, I don't need, I don't, I don't need a whole bunch of description. Like, I know, like, world, I like world building, but, like, well, I, there's got to be a way to do I don't mind description. Without- I mean, I love high fantasy, but it has to be with what's happening. It can't be first and then the story starts. It has to be concurrent yeah. with what's going on. And this book very yeah, much felt like we're setting the scene in the first four chapters and then the story begins, kind of. Yeah. I almost want, like, if, when we start writing books, I want to put things in the story that force us to have to, like, do things differently. Like, like the person is blindfolded. They don't know where the fuck they are until they get to a right. place. So you meet that place when they meet that right. place. Instead of, you know, like, I like dropping someone into action sure. instead of dropping people at the start of a story. Drop me in the middle of a story. Stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like Anna Hackett last season was talking about that when we interviewed her. And I think her books did that really well. It's like, you're in it, like shit starts and then you find out about all like about in that case the gladiator planet as as the main character is finding out what's going on like um oh it's not a fight to the death okay uh well uh, like that for me worked yeah i agree lots of fun lots of interesting but also let's move it along shall we Let's move it along. If you like this story, go watch *House Moving Castle* because that's what this story was. Yes, and I'll put a and link. Better, I'll but it all, is also very long. In the uh, or have Jane put a link to that in our show notes, so you guys can uh, check out the movie Shawnee's talking about. Well, Shawnee, what was your overall uh, star? What'd you give it? What was your star rating? Uh, I gave this book two stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not read it again if I knew what I knew now. I would not mm-hmm. pick this book up again, mm-hmm. but. It could be somebody's jam. And so, and I also think if you're a new reader and you read this, you're much more forgiving of the things. Because when I re- if, when I reread the stuff I read when I was like 18, I'm like, oh, I love that book. It's really poorly written. <laughs> but it was the first time I was reading it. So it didn't, I didn't know any better. So somebody was gonna, is going to like this book. Mm. What about you, Jane? What was your overall? Um, I gave it, I gave it a three. Uh, I liked, I liked their dynamic and I like the no lust at first sight because I don't like that trope. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't like babies, so I didn't mind that they didn't add babies <laughs> in the book. Um, yeah, I give it a three. I, I liked the gothic kind of feel of it. Uh, yeah. Nice. I gave it a two also. I also feel like, again, I would have DNF'd this book immediately, um, if we weren't actually talking about it on the podcast. There's so many books that actually get, uh, that I actually read to the end because we're reading it for the podcast. And I'm like, okay, the end of it kind of saves the book, but dear God, it was like a trek to get there. (laughs) I feel like there's only been like one or two other ones in like the 60 some or 70 some books that we've reviewed now that I'm like, I would have quit immediately. The rest of them, I was like, I would have just kept reading. This book felt, and again, it could have been the timeline of my life where I'm moving and it's had a lot going on and it's been so hot here and so, and our rental has bad air conditioning and there's no comfy couch to read on. The couch is so uncomfortable and the cushions keep falling on the floor. And so I can't like get comfortable and just like snuggle in and read, which is why I'm extra upset that all this fucking furniture just to circle back (laughs) and put a button on this whole podcast isn't available because I need my reading chair. I found a podcasting chair I want out of stock, obviously. And I found this reading chair that I really want. 
out of stock. And I found a couch that was really comfy out of stock. And I'm like, where am I going to read? On the floor. In your, in your, in, in your fancy minivan. I, I could read in my van, minivan. My minivan is pretty comfy. I could do that, actually. Maybe I'll do that for now. I'll just blast the AC and read in my minivan. Well, that is all we have for you today, folks. And then it's fantasy journey. Until next time, may your books be your lover. And your hands your best friend. Yiggy houses. Bye, friends. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.